Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. It's great to preach to you, and it's different out here, and there's so many faces. It's awesome. And uh, I love seeing everybody out here. I especially love seeing my wife and my girls over there. Um, Since the pandemic, they haven't seen me preach in person. So this is a really exciting day for us. And um, yeah, my name is Graydon, youth pastor. I've been here um, eight and a half years, and just so much of my life has been here. It's it's wonderful. I also really love when I preach that there, when there's like some some feedback, you know, like some, like kind of give me a little something. And the thing about it, I can hear some of you, but most of you I can't. So if you want to like come up with hand signals or something, you know, like the baseball thing. Yeah. Or, I mean, the praise the Lord, obviously the palm branches, you know, or that that's, that's good too. That's good too. Um, when it's really quiet, I know you're not going to want to do that, but, but yeah. So just give me, give me a little something out here and, uh, that'll, that'll help me out. So uh, yeah, as we've been saying, today is Palm Sunday, and it's, a, it's an important Sunday. It's a great—we're starting Holy Week right now, and that's an important time for us. In fact, one of the most important times of our entire year because we know that this weekend we'll be celebrating and remembering the cross and the resurrection, and so Palm Sunday is where that begins. And, and so I think that, that we should kind of pause here and remember that that we're kind of entering into something that's very, very important, uh, a moment of remembrance this week. And so I encourage you, get in the scriptures this week, open the gospels up, read the different stories, and, and just remember who Jesus is. And I thought about bringing a donkey out here to ride in on, but I couldn't find one, being the city boy that I am. And so I just want, you know, if you need that visual, just have that visual. But, but I want us to... I want us to get ourselves into like Jerusalem 2,000 years ago this morning, okay, to really think about what was going on on that Palm Sunday. Uh, and this morning, we're going to really explore three things. We're just three, I'm going to give you all my little points here at the beginning. We're just going to talk about the meaning of Palm Sunday, the crowd's perspective, what was going on in the crowds, and then how are we to respond to Palm Sunday right now, this year, this Sunday. Okay, are we good with that? That's, that's my three things here. Um, and the important phrase that I want us to start thinking about even now is our baptismal identity, okay? That's kind of a weird phrase, but the identity that we receive when we get baptized. I want us to start thinking about that this morning because that's kind of where I'm going with this. So think about that as I begin to preach this story here, our baptismal identity. And I think that this story is really fresh for us right now in 2021. Here's the main thing. On Palm Sunday, 2021, we lay down our palm branches through allegiance to our baptismal identity. Okay, that's the point this morning. Let me pray and then we'll read the scriptures. Jesus, we love you and we are excited to worship you again this morning. To call out Hosanna, Hosanna, to lay down our palm branches. Jesus, we welcome you as the rightful king in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, we've been in the book of Mark, and so I'm going to read from the book of Mark, but we're skipping way ahead all the way to Mark 11. Uh, Because my Bible's falling apart, I'm going to use my iPad. Please forgive me. Okay, Mark 11, if you want to follow along, Mark 11, 1 through 11. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, 
he sent, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, go into the village ahead of you and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? A very valid question, if I might add. Just say this, the Lord needs it and will send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. And as they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, what are you doing untying the colt? They told them that what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. And then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Now many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread, spread leafy branches, palm branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Okay, so let's talk about the meaning of Palm Sunday now that we've read the story here. I kind of think that that kids are good kind of investigative journalists, if you will. Because when I was a kid, I remember hearing this story and thinking, I understand that Jesus came to Jerusalem and that people were excited. But why the palm branches? Why the donkey? Why are they calling him Hosanna? His name is Jesus, okay? What's going on here, right? What's the meaning of all this? And so I want to kind of jump into that because I don't think it's just kids who are asking those questions. Um, and so let's, let's jump into some history. Can we do some history right now? I think history's fun. Can we just, I know some people don't believe me, but I think history's a little bit fun. Uh, and actually, Jamie already mentioned the Maccabees. That's where I'm going with this. So we've already, there's precedence here. Let's just jump in. Let's talk about the Maccabees. Here's, here's the context. Why the palm branches? Let's start there. Why the palm branch? Well, palm branches signified welcoming a king or a deliverer. But it was actually an important part of their story in their history. So here's the context. Uh, before Jesus, uh, there was a guy named Judas Maccabeus. Um, and he led a Jewish revolt against those who were oppressing them, against Antiochus Epiphanes IV, the ultimate enemy of the Jews, right? And he, and he had desecrated the temple. And that was literally the worst thing that you could do. He brought in a pig and he sacrificed it to Zeus in the Jewish temple. Not okay. This is not okay. Okay, and so Judas Maccabeus led this revolt and he, and he, and he won. He won a, a victory of independence. Um, and this was about 190 years before, before Jesus. Now, if you're thinking, come on, man, were people really thinking about that? 190 years is a long time. Texas Independence Day was 185 years ago. And if you talk to a Texan for very long, they start talking about how Texas was a country and our independence. And yeah, you know it's true. All of you know it's true. Um, and so I think that this was fresh on their mind. Let's say it that way. Um, because in Jesus' time, they were once again oppressed. They were once again oppressed, this time by Rome. And so uh, this is the story of Hanukkah, by the way. Um, and so you better believe that they were telling and retelling this story with passion and zeal. And most important for us, in 2 Maccabees 10, it tells us that when they recovered the temple and they cleansed it, they came in offering songs of thanksgiving with beautiful branches and fronds of palm. Okay, so 
This is a symbol that kind of represents what was going on in their history, a story of, of freedom and independence. And then even 20 years later, his younger brother, Simon Maccabeus, he kind of finished the job. There were still some Gentiles in this, uh, in this citadel there, and he got them out, he cleansed the citadel, and again, they come in with songs of thanksgiving and palm branches. So when Jesus comes into Jerusalem and there's palm branches being waved and put on the ground, that kind of means something. That means something to them. They're, they're almost calling out saying, are, are you the one? Are, you, are we going to do this again? Is there going to be freedom? Are you the next Maccabee to set us free? This really, really is important. Now, what about the donkey? Right? Why was he right? People don't just ride donkeys, Jesus. What are you doing? Right? What, what was the donkey about? Well, this was important because it was fulfilling a very important prophecy. Now, Mark doesn't just tell us all the answers. He wants us to kind of dig in here and pick up on things. Uh, but he's really fulfilling Zechariah 9.9. If you go back into the Old Testament, it says this. It says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So, yeah, he was fulfilling prophecy right there, right? Almost down to, down to it, because he's coming into Jerusalem as a king on the colt, the foal of a donkey. This is an important thing. Now, for us, maybe we think, wow, Jesus was so humble because he was riding a donkey instead of like a horse, like a war horse. And, and I think that's, that shows us something about God. But also, he was, he was fulfilling something. He was coming in as the rightful king, as the Messiah, now, lastly, why were they singing Hosanna? What was going on with that? Well, this, again, was almost an exact quote from Psalm 118, 25 and 26, where it says, it says actually, God save us, which is what Hosanna means. God save us. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. So, when G so I just want us to picture this, okay? Let's, let's use our imaginative uh, minds here. I want you to picture this. When you're a part of those crowds and, and palm branches are coming out, and you start to see everybody bringing out these palm branches and waving them in the air. And, and this, this guy's coming in on a colt. And people start singing out of the words of the psalmist. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. He's here to save us. Can you imagine what they started feeling? Can you imagine what they were thinking? Like, this is it. This is it. I, something's happening here. And I'm a part of it, right? So let's get into their minds. I'm a part of this thing. They could probably see some excitement coming up. Some like, oh my goodness, God's really doing something in my time right here in Jerusalem. Is Jesus really the Messiah? I think that's what was right on the tip of their tongues. And from our vantage point, we can say, yes, he was, right? Jesus is the Messiah. He is the king. From our vantage point, we say, yeah, we say Hosanna and God sends Jesus to save us. We say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And yes, he is the Messiah. But the thing about it is that this procession was very different than what they were thinking about for many, many years ago. Because this time, Jesus was not coming in to cleanse Jerusalem of, of, of the Gentile enemies, right? He actually came in to cleanse the temple of God's own people who had gotten it so wrong, right? Think about when Jesus uh, drives out the sellers in the temple. This time, Jesus is headed in not to kill his enemies, but to die for his enemies, and so we see, wow, Jesus kind of undoes some of our expectations about who he is. He's bringing a freedom that is so much better than what we would expect, right? And that's really good news for us. 
And so let's go, into, let's go to the second part here. What, what about the crowd's perspective? Well, as we imagine them, I think we imagine maybe some disappointment from them. I thought that Jesus was coming in to set us free from the Romans, right? I thought he was, I thought he was gonna set us free in the newest, latest independence. And I, and I think there's some disappointment there and we can resonate with that, I think, because we live in the age of customization and personalization. We kind of all want to personalize Messiah. Do you know what I mean? Maybe that's only me. Am I the only one? I kind of want, I like, I want a, I want a me Messiah. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all's Messiahs, they're good, but I got a, man, I got a good one. You know, I got a good one in my mind. I got a good one in my imagination. You know what I mean? And so I think we have to wrestle with that a little bit of like, how is Jesus kind of undoing our expectations in Palm Sunday 2021? How has he been undoing our expectations for the last, oh, I don't know, 12 months, right? I think that there's a word there for us. But beyond just expectations, I think there was a lot of people who participated in the triumphal entry only to like, you know, just be standing there because he, because Jesus kept going. I just like, what was that transition like? You know, like they're in the middle of, of just like the hysteria and they're singing the palm branches and then there he just went that way. Now, what do I do? What, am I, what do I do? Like, I, you know, I thought like they probably didn't imagine that they were going to be a part of some like crazy freedom movement. See the, see the Messiah before their eyes. Now, oh, what am I supposed to do? Maybe some of them followed him all week long and they were in on it, but we don't, we don't really know that. But I, I do know this, that, that when he came into Jerusalem, the crowds were saying Hosanna. And by the end of the week, the crowds are saying crucify him. Right? They're saying we have no king but Caesar. So what happened there? I think that a lot of people said, you know what? I, I don't really know how I'm a part of this. I don't, I don't really know how to be a part of this myself. Like now what? Now what? Now that Jesus has come in on this donkey and we've sung to him, Hosanna. I think that most people in the crowds, they just, they kind of sat there and wondering, what do we do next? Right? And maybe as they, throughout the week, they started asking around, hey, what happened to that Jesus guy? Oh man, he, he was crucified. Like What? What? I thought he was the one, right? I thought he was the one. Maybe they started to kind of ask around, like, was that just a waste? Was that, was that just a waste for us to go out there and, and sing at the gate and, and welcome him in like a king? Was that just a waste? He just wasn't who I thought he was going to be. And that actually, that phrase is what the disciples will say later that week when the woman, uh, the woman anoints him with oil at Bethany. They look at her and they say, what a waste. You wasted all that on Jesus? What a waste. I think that's probably what was going through Judas's mind when he went to betray Jesus. What a waste. What a waste that last three years was. What a waste. And, and how, what are, we, what, are we, what are we thinking right now of the last year, right? Oh, what a waste. Did I, was that just all wasted, God? Because, I mean, put yourself back in, I don't know, like January last year, and you're thinking, man, like, this is going to, like, wheel and deal. This is going to be a great year. You know what I mean? Like, I got all these goals and, and plans. And, and are we just sitting here thinking, is this just a waste? I think we can resonate with the crowds in this time. Where's Jesus right now? I think maybe we're even asking some of the same questions that they were. Where, like, where is Jesus, and is he going to save us? Is he the one that's going to save us, Right? Is he going to save us? I, I, I'm kind of using the imagery here. I think there are some people left standing in the shadow of the donkey. It's kind of a weird phrase. I think there are some people, and, and the donkey just kept going. Jesus just kept going, and they were kind of standing there in the shadow thinking, 
what now, right? And I think some of us have maybe been hanging out in the shadow quite a bit this year. I know that I've experienced some shadow this year, right? I've been sitting in the shadow of the donkey just kind of asking Jesus, where are you and are you going to save me? Are you still Hosanna, right? And we have to go to that place with Jesus and experience his presence in the middle of that. This is the second Holy Week in the era of COVID, right? But palm branches aren't a waste this year, right? It's not a waste to do it all over again and say, Jesus, you are the king. I am going to wave my palm branches before you. I am going to call on you and say, Jesus, would you come? Would you enter into my life just like you did 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem, right? Because here's the thing. We don't have to stay in the shadow of the donkey. There is good news because we're new creation people. We're on the other side of this thing, right? And so we know that even though we experience the Good Friday moments of our life, Easter always comes, right? We, that's the good news for us is that we do know that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the King. And so even that those in the crowd experience disappointment, and some of us can really resonate with that, we also have a response out of faith this morning, which is the kind of last point here. And this is where baptismal identity comes in. What's our response? Well, I think our response is allegiance to our baptismal identity, Okay allegiance to our baptismal identity. As we're standing there, as we're standing there in the shadow or we're standing there waving the palm branches and we're asking ourselves, okay, but now what? Now, the now what is allegiance to our baptismal identity because we are the baptized people. We are the people in Christ and that changes everything for us. See, I believe that is the way forward. That is the way forward for us this morning because our baptismal identity is this, that we were dead and now we're alive, right? Our baptismal identity is that, man, I can live all sorts of ways, but now actually I'm gonna yield myself over to Jesus. I'm gonna surrender to the King. Uh, the baptismal identity is that my whole reality is now changed because of what he's done and who he is. And because now I'm caught up in him. Because this identity, it's, it changes us. It overcomes our sin. It transforms us. It transforms communities and societies. This baptismal identity, it, is, it sustains us through the cross. It sustains us through the cross moments of our lives and resurrects us up with Jesus. This is the way of Jesus. It's allegiance to our baptismal identity. I don't know if you've noticed, but there are a lot of allegiances available to us out there in this world, right? I mean, in one way, our identity is really just made up of a bunch of big and small allegiances, right? So I'm great in, and I'm allegiant to Apple and not Android. Never will be, right? Am I becoming a stumbling block right now? Some people in the crowd? Someone just gave me a thumbs down. I was asking for signals, but I meant like, uh, you know, like, like kind of positive signals, you know what I'm saying? Right, so I, I'm great in it, and I'm a legion to TCU and not to Baylor, not to A&M, not to whatever other school you guys went to, okay? Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm in March Madness right now bragging about TCU. <laughs> Didn't even make the tourney. Uh, but I'm allegiant, right? I'm allegiant. Um, I'm a, okay, I'm graded and I'm allegiant to Frozen 1 and not Frozen 2, okay? <laughs> Frozen 2, so many plot holes. I'm just, I'm just, I can't do, I can't do it. 
I, I, will, I will forsake my allegiance to that. Um, right? And, and of course, there's so many of these things we could name, and so many of them are big things, right? The big allegiances of our life that actually change how we live, right? I'm allegiant to my family. I'm allegiant to my particular relationships and, and friendships. I'm allegiant to my news sources, right? I'm allegiant to my way of life, my cultural norms. I'm allegiant to different politicians, right? Whatever it is, all of us are made up of a, a lot of small and a lot of big allegiances. But here's the thing. Becoming a Christian is reorganizing your allegiances, okay? That's part of being a Christian. We don't, we don't bring all our stuff in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we have to leave some things or at least reorganize them a little bit. That's part of being a Christian is reorganizing our allegiances. So we're part of the body of Christ. And therefore, we prioritize the community over ourselves. right? We're, we believe everyone's created in the image of God. Therefore, we treat everyone with dignity and respect and love, right? There's so many, there's so many things that need to get tossed around and reorganized in our lives because of this. We trust Jesus. So we don't make decisions based on allegiance to self but allegiance to Jesus, right? And so allegiance to our baptismal identity, it really just kind of like messes with us a little bit. It kind of changes things in our lives. And I think that it starts, if you're asking where, okay, that's allegiance, that's a big word, right? Where, where do we start? I think we start with remembrance. And there's actually a word that was shared in the prayer room, but I, it starts with remembrance. And Jamie, a few weeks ago, was telling us, remember your baptism. That's kind of what I'm saying again. Remember your baptism. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Christina, my wife, she planned this kind of ceremony of remembrance um, at our year mark on, on our family's COVID lockdown, like the day that we, we officially kind of locked down. And it was, it was so powerful. It was beautiful. She printed pictures from throughout the quarantine days, the pictures that we took, and we shared things that we were thankful for and things that were challenging. And she wrote out prayers for us to engage with. And and it was so powerful. And it, in a lot of ways, it was healing some of those wounds of those really, really hard days. And I think that remembrance is powerful. Remembrance of Jesus. Why do we do Holy Week every single year? Why don't we just know, yeah, Jesus rose from the dead and that's it. We don't have to say anything about it. Why do we do this? Because it's powerful to remember and as we remember, then we renew our allegiance to Jesus. It's like as we remember, we're saying, oh, yes, yes, he is the first thing in my life. Oh, yes, he is more important than any other thing that's going on around me, right? As we remember, we renew our allegiance. So will we remember our baptism? Will we remember our baptismal identity that absolutely rewrote your story, right? Will we remember it? Because our baptismal identity, is, it's, not, it's not determined by our circumstances, which is really good news, right? It's really good news in 2021. Our baptismal identity, it, it's not determined by our circumstances. And so for those of us who have been baptized, I want to say, remember, remember your baptism. Claim that baptismal identity this morning and live it out each and every day. And for those of you who have not been baptized, I want to invite you to the waters. Come be baptized. Come be, we're, actually, next week on Easter, we're going to have baptisms. I think Brian mentioned that. And so if you've been thinking about it, if you've been thinking about baptism, I want to say, come on. Come on. The water's ready for you. Be baptized. This baptismal identity, it's just so good. 
It's so good. I want you to be in on it. And so if you've been thinking about it, or, or if you're like, man, I don't really know if I'm all the way in, just ask Jesus this week about it. Talk to him about it. Talk to someone else about it. I think it would be a really, really great decision on Easter because there is beauty and power in baptism. The Apostle Paul said it, it's like union with Christ and his death and resurrection. I want that, right? It means that we're dead to sin and alive to righteousness, Romans 6. I want that. I don't know about you. I want that. There's beauty and power in it. And as we baptize within the gathered community, it's like we're all together saying, yeah, yeah, I'm allegiant to Jesus all over again. Lifelong devotion to Jesus. That's what baptism means. And so even when we feel like we're in the shadow, the good news is that, man, Palm Sunday really is like every day for us. It really is like every day because every day Jesus is king. Every day, Jesus is worthy. Every day, I am allegiant to him, right? Every day, even when we're in the shadow. Mm. Okay, as I kind of close up this morning a little bit, I want to share, um, share a story actually about Rwanda because um, many of you know this uh, history, but um, in, uh, in 1994, Rwanda went through an absolutely devastating, horrific genocide, and Rwanda is overwhelmingly Christian uh, as a nation, so, like huge numbers of Christians. Uh, and yet there was this genocide and 800,000 people were killed in, in 100 days in a country that has a population smaller than DFW Metroplex. Okay, so this is absolutely horrific and devastating. And there was a, a professor, Dr. Emmanuel Katangale, who wrote an important book about this. And, um, and he wrote about this exchange that happened, uh, this powerful passage where there was a French church leader who was talking with local Rwandan church leaders uh, in the wake of this. And he was asking them about how this could happen, how Christians could, could commit such violence between each other. And he asked them this question, are you saying that the blood of tribalism is deeper than the waters of baptism? And they said, yes, it is. Are you saying that the blood of tribalism is deeper than the waters of baptism? Now listen, the blood of tribalism is not a Rwanda problem. It's a humanity problem. It's an us problem. It's a sin problem, right? The blood of tribalism, don't, don't hear me say Rwanda in 1994. Wow, that sounds so distant. No, it's, it's right here among us, the blood of tribalism. And in America 2021, I think the blood of tribalism often runs deeper than the waters of baptism. And so we have to be called back. We have to be called back. Remember, remember the water, remember your baptism. Let it overcome all the blood of tribalism, right? This is a word for us because Katangle argues this, that Rwanda is like a mirror for all Christians. And, and the, here's what the mirror shows us. It shows us the cost of tolerating a wrongful order of allegiances. This is the cost. And so for us this morning, we have to remember our baptism. We have to, to maintain allegiance to our baptismal identity no matter what. No matter what the circumstances are. Believing that even today is a day that Jesus might just come in a triumphal entry into my world. That he might just ride a donkey into my world and change everything, right? We have to maintain that allegiance. So why, you know, why, you know, why that story? Why, why talk about this? Why this emphasis this morning? Because it just absolutely matters. 
Because our palm branches, they matter. Because singing Hosanna matters even today, right? The right order of allegiances matters today. And when we forget our baptismal identity, it's like we're in the crowd saying, yeah, he can go over there. He can change someone else's life. But I'm just going to stick right here into what I know, what I expect, looking for my type of Messiah, right? But when we remember, when we remember, we're joined up into this incredible, these incredible events of Holy Week, and we go to the cross with Jesus, and then we come with him in resurrection through the power of baptism. And so again, if you've been baptized, remember your baptism this morning. And if you haven't, please come to the waters. We invite you. We invite you because in our baptism, we're joining up with this great cloud of witnesses who is singing Hosanna, Hosanna, and and laying down our palm branches over and over and over for King Jesus because he is the King. He is the Messiah. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, well, y'all stand up this morning. I'm going to pray over you guys as we finish up here. As we respond to Jesus, as we respond in our heart, allegiance to our baptismal identity. We just want to respond to Jesus for a little bit. So if you guys want to close your eyes, I I just want to try and, I want to pray over you. I want to bless you this morning, but I really want you and Jesus to kind of meet with each other right now. I want you to be, because you know, Jesus is, Jesus is active in the world right now. And so he wants to, he wants to meet with you right now. He wants to encounter with you. So let's just close our eyes and and we're going to, we're going to take some time to talk to the Lord about this. Yeah, Jesus, Lord, we just begin by saying we lay down our palm branches for you this morning. We lay down the coats. We lay down the palm branches for you this morning, Jesus. And we say, come on in. Come on in, Jesus. Because you are the Messiah. You are the Savior. You are the anointed one in the Holy Spirit to save us. You are the Son of God. You are the King this morning. And so we lay down our branches by remembering our baptismal identity. And we thank you for that, Jesus. We cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor, David. Hosanna. We welcome you here this morning, Jesus. And we come before you in humility as well, knowing that we've missed it so many times, Jesus knowing that we have forsaken our baptismal identity so many times, no matter how long it's been since we've been baptized, if it's been last week and if it's been decades ago, Lord, we just say we've missed it over and over. We've forgotten our baptismal identity, but this morning we say no more, no more. We remember and we offer up our allegiance to you, Jesus, thanking you for what you've done in and through us, Jesus, that you've made us alive to you, that you've brought us out of death and into life, out of sin and into righteousness, even knowing that we were gonna forget over and over. You still choose to come. You still choose to come in your triumphal entry into our lives, saving us over and over and over again. And so Lord, as we enter into this Holy Week, Lord, I bless this family, I bless this church, I bless this people to lay down palm branches. Every single place in their lives, wherever they work, wherever they live, Lord, that they just be welcoming you over and over again, saying, come in, come in, Jesus, come on. 
We need you. We need you all over again. And for those who feel like they are in the shadow right now, yeah, those who have felt like they've been in the shadow of the donkey for a long, long time, thank you that there is a way forward. There is a way forward because we are the Easter people. We are the resurrection people. And so there's hope even in the shadow. There's hope because for everyone that heard that week that you had been crucified, there had been others that heard that you resurrected. And we hold on to that hope today, Lord. So we pray that you would gently lead us out of the shadows this morning. All of our personal lives, all of our personal shadows, God, we pray that you would take our hands and lead us out. And we give you allegiance in return, saying, yes, you are the king. You are the king. And we have allegiance to our baptismal identity over every single other identity. It's you, Jesus. It's you. Lord, would you help us, bless us, Lord, to unpack our allegiances this morning. Bless us this week to undo the blood of tribalism and to embrace the waters of baptism where your life is. So I bless us, Jesus, to do that, to do that work this this week. I bless us to engage with this holy week with excitement, with renewal, with restoration in our hearts, knowing that the cross is before us. Yes, there's gonna be suffering, but also the resurrection is before us. And so we trust you and we give you our allegiance this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And I bless you to be a people who bring this everywhere with you this week, who bring your allegiance to your baptismal identity every single place this week, and that you would engage with Jesus fresh in that place. Amen. Y'all have a great Sunday and a great Palm Sunday. We'll see you on Friday, a good Friday service.